Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hello and welcome back to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Hello, friends. Matt LaMarca here. Super excited for the Masters. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking Masters today. I'm definitely excited, too. Uh, before we get into the show, just to remind everyone, you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to Rotoviz Pass by subscribing through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Podcast. Uh, before we start talking some Masters Golf, and we're definitely pumped, that's why we're bringing you the show a day earlier this week, so I wanted to give you guys a quick update on the bankroll contest. Um, Matt is is killing it. I mean, he's he's up over $200 in the contest. We started with 125 so he's almost doubled the money already, or I should say he has already doubled the money, but he's almost tripled it, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, I am back in the black. Up forty dollars, so I am. The fighting amixtas are uh, looking to make a push. Let's go! But uh, I mean, you're just red hot, and baseball has been very kind to us, man. I think we're doing we're doing a pretty good job so far. I think at identifying good bets in, in baseball. Yes, and I'm gonna shout out uh, Sports Insights and Bet Labs, two of the you know companies that fall under the umbrella of the Action Network. They've been great with uh, you know their best plays so far. And also just building some systems, you know, we, we've taken advantage of the, the weather early in season with a lot of under bets on, on wind coming in. So uh, just a lot of great stuff that you can do with a subscription to those sites. And uh, yeah, love baseball season. Absolutely. start. This is starting to become maybe my favorite year of sports between, uh, you know, the DFS implications and uh, the sharp sports betting side of, of baseball season. Yeah, and it's definitely fun, like we talked about in the last show, to not have to like win all the bets to feel like you're making money. Like we're just, you know, yeah, you win, you win the Marlins plus one eighty five. You feel like you can, you got a little bit of room. You Absolutely. Know? If you're only betting, you know, the the big favorites, you're you're clearly betting baseball wrong. So uh, I would advise going back and listening just to the end of last show where I kind of go through the math on why that is. But like, if you're only backing the Kershaw's and sales of the world, you're going to be a long-term loser in betting on baseball. I totally agree. Now let's get started into the masters. You already gave us the one Jim Nance. I I think there will probably be more of that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just the best PGA event of the year. I think that even, you know, non-golf fans such as myself, I I respect golf, but I, I really will only watch like the masters and a couple of the other majors. So, uh, we know that we're playing at Augusta national, 
7,435 yard par 72. Course features bent grass greens and one of the more unique cut rules on the tour. Uh, top 50 plus ties will make it into the weekend as well as anyone within 10 strokes of the leader. And I'm pretty sure that this is the smallest Masters field in in quite some time. So uh, there's going to be a ton of guys making the cut this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's 100. And, I'm sorry. It's 87 people, and we're guaranteed to get 50 of them through. And it could be more depending on, you know, how far the leader is out in front of the rest of the field. So, yeah, I think it sets up well for uh, a lot of different things, DFS, gambling, but it should be, you know, a really, really great field, I think. Yep. And uh, some of the key stats that I found uh, looking at the last five years of the Masters, uh, birdie or better gained, uh, strokes gained on par fives. Par four efficiency on 450 to 500 yard uh, holes. There's a bunch of them here. Uh, total shots gained. Uh, to- sorry, total strokes gained, and uh, par five efficiency up to 500 yards. I'm a little confused on what that last one means. Uh, so it's just uh, like the shorter par fives, I guess. But I think I think the reason is just so there's actually no short par fives in this course. But I, I think it just kind of helps approximate um, I like gotcha. the, the shorter, the longer par four efficiency and uh, driving distance. Yes, that makes sense to me. OK. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I really uh, respect your hustle on this. You crunched a lot of statistics, uh, made a nice Excel spreadsheet. And, uh, you know, that's right up your alley. I went a little lazier. I let uh, Fantasy Labs do the work for me. <laughs> They uh, do a breakdown for each event, but they've they've been crushing the content so far for the Masters, and I highly recommend checking that out between Fantasy Labs and the Action Network. But they backtest a bunch of the metrics and uh, see which ones perform well. Uh, I have taken some of the metrics that do perform the best, specifically uh, greens and regulation at Augusta. That was by far the best tr- uh, piece of data that that um, back-tested was greens in regulation, specifically at Augusta National. So I weighed that the heaviest in my model. I also incorporated uh, short-term greens in regulation, which is greens in regulation over the past six weeks, Uh, short-term and long-term birdie and eagle-making ability, which goes right along with what you said was your uh, top top stat there, and of course, long-term driving distance. Um, I think the driving distance is obviously very important here. It is a bomber's course. But I think what I have taken away from looking at some of this data is that ball striking honestly might be more important. You know, the two most predictive pieces of data in the Fantasy Labs uh, trends database were were Augusta National greens and regulation and short-term greens and regulation. So I think you really want guys who are striking the ball well at the moment yeah i like all that matt and it sounds like since you know greens and regulation gained at augusta is so important that you know the course history and having played here is, is probably pretty important too yes i agree with that and i'm definitely uh looking to fade the the first year players at augusta i think that they said only 33 percent of first-year players have made the cut at Augusta historically. And you can see going through some of the historical results, guys just tech- typically struggle when it's their first trip there. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, there's certainly a lot of pressure, I'm sure. And, uh, 
you know, everyone wants to do well at Augusta. Of course. So we're going to go through each segment of the betting market and give you our favorite picks, not just for my bookie, but also for DraftKings. I kind of referenced it a couple of times, but there is a big Millie Maker tournament this week. We want to make sure you guys are in the best possible position to take it down. So we're going to give some uh, advice there as well. We're going to start with the favorites. That's uh, Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy are all 10 to 1. Uh, Dustin Johnson and uh, Justin Thomas are all 11 to 1. This is all courtesy of my bookie. Uh, now, Matt, I, I actually didn't include this in the sheet, but Tiger, I mean, as a you know, a share odds on favorite here. Like just what's your general approach going to be to Tiger this week, just from a betting perspective and uh DraftKings perspective? Yeah, I'm I'm basically gonna be fading Tiger Woods. Uh I, I am a huge Tiger fan. I will be rooting for him regardless of, you know, whether or not I am financially invested, but I just think that the love has gotten a little too far too fast. You know, he's basically put together one tournament where he really contended, another one where he had a good uh, fourth round to sort of put his name into contention, but he still is just making his way back. This is going to be easily his toughest test so far. His course history at the Masters is obviously elite. You know, he loves Augusta, and uh, the crowds are going to love him there, but I think that, you know, when you factor in his odds being the same as as guys who have really been the best in the world for the past couple of years, and the fact that his ownership in these DraftKings contests is probably going to be super inflated, at least at the low stakes levels, he's somebody that I'm going to be avoiding this week. Yeah, I'm with you all the way on that. I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to play a single Tiger lineup on DK, and uh, he's not really going to make it onto my bet slip in terms of like how well he's going to perform. I just don't like... Like you said, so much of this is priced in because, you know, Woods is going to, they're going to take so much action on Tiger. Uh, you know, they're at a risk to to lose a lot if he does well. So as a result, you know, he's up there 10 to 1. Like it's not not really reflective, I think, of what his real form is right now. Agreed. Uh, so who do you like out of this group as a bet? Who do you like as a DK option? So uh, Dustin jo- Johnson and Justin Thomas are the two most expensive options on DraftKings, and interestingly enough, they are the guys with the, you know, longest odds of the group at um, plus eleven hundred compared to plus ten hundred for the other guys. So I really like the two of them. Um, DJ, number one player in the world, and if anything, it feels like he's going to be underrated heading into this contest. Uh, both of these guys extremely long off the tee. Dustin, historically one of the best players in uh, par fives, and he has the best recent green and regulation score in the whole field. Um, Thomas has dominated the par fours in particular, which was another thing that has stand uh, has stood out as a um, you know a data point that that back tests well. So those guys dominating the par fours and fives, hitting the ball long. I think that these are the two guys that stand out to me as the best uh, DraftKings plays and the best wagers at their respective odds among the elite guys. The The guy who's like the wild card is Spieth, since on paper, he does not seem to fit this course well at all. No, but it's crazy. he probably should have won this tournament in back-to-back years. So I'm going to continue to uh, to fade him, but if he's back at the top of the leaderboard again, it's not going to surprise me at all. 
Yeah, it's pretty insane what Spieth has done. Because like you said, like, I, I feel like he just violates every rule. Like, I mean, yeah, like he, he scores, obviously. But like he doesn't, he's not really long off the tee. He doesn't like dominate in like approach game and stuff like that. Like the guy is just, he breaks, he breaks the putting rule. Like I, putting doesn't matter unless you're Jordan Speed. Like, yep. and you just make all these friggin' putts. It's crazy. Uh, but I'm with you on DJ. I just think he's going uh, pretty overlooked. I think overall, I mean, from a betting perspective, the fact that he's not in like that top group, I know it's only, uh, you know, plus a hundred difference. I think that that's hey, a little that wrong. Adds up. That right, adds it adds up. up. Uh, you know, still the best golfer on tour. His long form meets all the stat thresholds that I mentioned before. I didn't play last year with the uh, quote unquote slip and fall right before the tournament, yeah. but two straight stop, uh, two straight top six finishes prior to that. Uh, so I, again, I like him as a bet. And then on DraftKings, I, you know, we know that the ceiling is there. We know that DJ can rack up birdies at will, uh, you know, when he gets, when he gets on, but you know, $600 more than Justin Thomas, who's second in pricing. So I, I don't, I'm not sure that people are going to want to pay all the way up for DJ. So I kind of think that in terms of ownership, he's probably going to be uh, the lowest of this group. That's interesting. I think that he'll have higher ownership than Thomas, which is why Thomas is probably my preferred play of the two for daily fantasy purposes. But uh, I think both of them are just, uh, you know, ideal fits for this course. And Rory is the wild card here. Oh, yeah. You know, coming off of a win last weekend, he's another guy who just crushes the ball off the tee. Um, what What's knocking him for me is recent form, greens and regulation, sub 60%. So, uh, you know, when Thomas is up at 75%, I'm sorry, Dustin Johnson is up at 75%, he's sort of well off the mark there. And uh, somebody that I think I will personally be fading, but again, like he's going to be very popular and he totally is capable of winning this tournament. Yeah, there's just no one, like there's no one that, whose profile on paper looks more different uh, in terms of like long form versus short form than Rory. Like, his last 75 rounds, 11th in birdie or better, uh, eight in total strokes gained, third in uh, 450 to 500-yard par-4 efficiency. And then over his last 24 rounds, he is first still in the par-4s, but 43rd in birdie or better, 83rd in total strokes gained. Like, just completely, completely different. So, uh, like you said, the upside is definitely there. The long form shows that he can do it, but... Uh, the short form does not. And I'm always I'm always curious like just how much the short form really matters because I'm not like a I'm not a great golfer myself, so the short form never matters for me. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think know? it matters. I mean, this is actually uh, I was just listening to the Fantasy Labs podcast, which I highly recommend uh, checking out if you're interested in the in the fantasy stuff. But they were going through, and uh, two of the guys on there were debating, you know, short term versus long term numbers and uh i think that the the you know there's no clear cut and dry answer but i definitely think that golfers getting into a rhythm is a thing so i think that how you're playing and how uh, especially how your confidence is is important heading into the masters yeah it makes a lot of sense uh we are going to get into all the rest of our masters picks in just a moment but first we wanted to touch base with our my bookie lines consultant rafael esparza all right, we are back once again with Rafael Esparza. Uh, Rafael is a lines consultant for my bookie, 
and he's been gracious enough to give us a couple of minutes of his time today. Uh, Raphael, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, I, I personally, this is one of my favorite times of year. I love baseball, especially betting on baseball. And uh, the Masters is, you know, one of my favorite events of the year, bar none. So uh, I'm enjoying this time of the year as a sports fan, for sure. Yeah, I mean, just because March Madness ended uh, yesterday does not mean sports gambling or sports viewing or sports entertainment ended. I mean, we have the Masters this weekend. We have baseball in the second week. NBA, NHL are getting closer to playoffs. We have WrestleMania. We have some UFC this weekend. We have some great boxing matches this weekend as well. So just because one sport ended and you want to sit back and think about it, but there's some still fantastic stuff to watch on TV. Yeah, and we haven't had you the past couple of weeks, so I want to just catch up on a few things before we transition into the Masters. Um, first is last week we were talking about betting on baseball, me and Anthony, and uh, we both kind of agree that this is probably one of the best sharp sports out there because you can take some of these you know, underdogs who are getting plus money. You don't have to necessarily hit at a better than 50% clip in order to clean up during baseball season if you're taking advantage of some of these plus-money dogs. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, just a perfect example. If you just look at Monday, I mean, uh, the Chicago Cubs, uh, Chatwood making his first start uh, on the road against the Reds, where the Cubs usually have, I don't want to say complete struggles, but they've had some bad losses there throughout the years. And the Reds win one nothing, and what was uh, uh, the rookie pitcher? Plus 115 up to plus 120. So that was a, a nice cash. I mean, yeah, you can get very, very good value in baseball. And like you said, if you lose a dog ticket today and you win one tomorrow, you're, you're, you're ahead of the day for just two days of baseball. You have to pick, you have to pick your, your, your battles in baseball. And like you said, you may be in a cold streak, but you may win two two nice dog tickets, and that four game losing streak you are on now you're in a plus. So yeah, I could, I totally totally agreed with her. So in baseball, even though it's probably one of the least bet amount sports out there, it's not the NBA, it's not football, uh, it's not the college basketball stuff like that. But it does get a least amount of tickets. But I would think the money value that you can make in baseball is probably bigger than any of those sports that I just mentioned. All right, so let's let's hit on the college basketball real quick. Uh, Villanova put together one of the more impressive streaks that we've seen. Six and zero in winning the national title. Won all six games by double digit points. Covered the spread in all six games. Um, did they hurt you guys too bad? I can't. I, I'm assuming that the the tournament overall was a success, given how many underdogs came through in the early rounds, but. Uh, I would have to think you guys had a little bit of liability on Villanova. Yeah, we had a little liability on Villanova. We lost uh, last night. The only thing that kind of saved us a little bit last night was the over didn't come in because, I mean, you can both guarantee you when you have a national championship game, you can almost guarantee the parlays you're going to be hearing at the right. window or through a computer screen is favored and over, favored and over, favored and over. So the under hitting probably helped out a little bit. We did lose, but overall for the tournament, we had a really, really good tournament. I mean, just the first four days, uh, when this, the tournament started, we uh, we did the clean sweep, and I talked to numerous uh, amount of people in Vegas uh, over at MGM, Mirage, Bellagio, Mandalay Bay, uh, Aria. They said Sunday, the first four days, was a ghost town because everybody got crushed on Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday. There was there was no lines. I mean, there was people still betting, but not as bad as, as it was. And I think people were just sitting at the penny slots just trying to get free drinks because they've been licking their wounds from Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah, for the overall tournament, yeah, it was 
it was an easy uh, easy winner for us. Like I said, we did lose money on uh, on Villanova winning it all, but let's just face it, we probably gained all that money just UConn women losing. So right. uh, like overall, overall, if you did not watch the women's final four, you missed probably one of the best sporting events uh, on TV that, that I can't imagine because now all all the games went into overtime. Notre Dame that wins not once but twice in last second shots, uh, and and they beat out Almighty UConn. So uh, hats off to the Notre Dame women because not only did you beat the Almighty UConn in the final four, but then you uh, flexed your muscle and won in the last second shot to, to win the title. So uh, for us, UConn going down, great winner for us because uh, we had a, a lot of big action on UConn, opened up at 12 against Notre Dame, closed at 14 and a half to 15. So, so the money was flowing in on UConn. So for us overall, March, uh, we're, we're in that old cartoon of Donald Duck doing a backstroke and a pile of money. <laughs> uh, that's what we were doing. Yeah. And all the, like you said, all the people who are, too busy complaining about you know the dominance of UConn women and how bad it is for for their game. They missed out on some really good basketball this weekend. So, and one thing I want to say about Villanova, I mean, hats off to them and all that. But we would have probably got a lot worse, uh, probably a lot worse minus or crushed. And not no disrespect to Villanova and the Philly fans, but let's just face it, Villanova is really not a top tier college. But they're not that big name where like the UCLA's, North Carolinas, Kansas, Dukes. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky's, and all that. So if it was them, let's say if it was North Carolina or even Duke or Kansas that won all four games by double digits, covered everyone, we probably would have taken a bigger bath than we did on Villanova. I think Villanova, I think they're going to start being mentioned as that top-tier team like the, like the North Carolinas, the Dukes, the Kansas, the Kentuckys, uh, and stuff like that. So winning two out of the last three years, I think we can finally put uh, Villanova into that midst of, of, of top-tier college basketball teams. Yeah, and it was interesting, you know, they only had one McDonald's All-American on the team. So, you know, I don't know what that goes to say. Maybe it's important these kids staying in college. Maybe that has an impact on, you know, the college results for Villanova. But uh, definitely a really impressive, you know, three-year run for that team. Yeah, they had one McDonald's All-American, but they had four Burger King All-Americans. So that's why they won. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's transition over to the Masters, where Jim Nance does a lot of whispering. Uh, One of my favorite events of the year, like I already mentioned, uh, I assume that everything here really is focused on Tiger right now. Yeah, and I'm the world's worst person to talk about Tiger Woods. Me and Tiger uh, don't have good history together. I've met him many, many, many times working at MGM. I'm not going to say anything bad on on him, but I mean, let's just face it. I mean, yeah, he's playing better golf. Is he playing better golf? Yes. Do I think he's going to win it? No, I still don't think he's going to. I mean, these young pups, they they have nothing better to do but just to think about beating Tiger and beating him and all that. And unless he shoots a miraculous round of golf all four days, I think he's just going to, I think we're going to see a Tiger that just hangs around, wins maybe a, a couple top tens. Maybe a couple top fives. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to eat crow because he will win, and I'm going to have to eat crow for at least a week, saying that okay, Tiger won and all that. And in this Masters, I don't think he's. I'm, I'm still blown away that he's one of the top favorites, eight to one, nine to one, ten to one, whatever set you're at looking at. It, to me, I just it blows me away where a guy has not won a tournament and he's still a, a favorite. Let's talk about Phil Mickelson. I mean, granted, he didn't win last week, but wow, he shot a 67 on Sunday. Let's talk about that, uh, where, where he's won something late, uh, lately and not a guy who hasn't. But, but I think just, uh, I think 
this Masters uh, would not be shocked if I think one of the top five golfers uh, in the world win it, either Spieth, McIlroy, Thomas Johnson, or Woods. I think one of those, and I'll even throw Mickelson in there uh, as one of those ones. I think we're I think we're going to see a top name win this Masters just because the way uh, the way the weather looks like we might see some rain, but I think they're gonna it's that it's not going to escape us. But I would not be shocked if we see a top name win this, and I do. I mean, I think the Masters is one of my favorite tournaments to watch just because uh, you, you always have that top name that can go up there and win it, but also you have that surprise one that all of a sudden you're like, wow, I didn't think Hendrick Stenson was going to be in a top <laughs> lead or something like that uh, in the Masters. So, yeah, this this weekend, I still believe, I think we're going to see a top name win it. But, again, would not be shocked if we see uh, someone out of the blue uh, uh, come back, come back, and maybe win on the Sunday. I think Sunday is when is when we're going to see that winner. I don't think we're going to see someone pull away all day uh, Saturday and Sunday, and, and Sunday uh, it, it's an easy win. I think we're going to have a very very close race on Sunday. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it helps that it seems like there are legitimately ten guys playing at their best game right now. So uh, definitely, a, this is probably the strongest field that I can remember heading into the majors, especially now that we've got you know, Tiger back at his prime. Look at some of the odds where you said that. I mean, Justin Rose, 14-1. to Jason Day, 18-1. to Mickelson, 18-1. to Ricky Fowler, 20-1, to even though he has the best outfits uh, on the tour. <laughs> we always talk about red on Sundays. Let's talk about Ricky Fowler's shoe game and hat game uh, for runs, but the, his Puma gear. But, yeah, Ricky Fowler, 20-1. to John, John Ram, 22-1. to I know everyone's excited. Tiger Woods, 10-1. to uh, to win it all. I've even seen some books have eight to one and all that. That just tells me that they have a lot of liability on yeah. Tiger. But I, I think uh, if you're a golfing fan and you see some of these names, double digits while your mouth, your mouth must be drooling. Yeah. And I, I think Tiger even got to six to one at a certain point uh, after he contended that first, you know, tournament back there when he was uh, in the second to last pairing, I saw he got to like six to one, uh, his odds have gotten back to a little more reasonable range now, but I have to imagine for you know for every one ticket you're writing on Dustin Johnson, you're probably writing you know ten on Tiger. Yeah, I mean, there's some great betting lines out there for Tiger Woods prop bets. I mean, we have uh, Tiger Woods best round score over sixty-seven and a half strokes. People are betting the over; it's minus one seventy right now. Tiger Woods lead after any round, uh, yes, is plus is six to one. The no is minus a thousand. So. Uh, we have, uh, even though we're, he has not won anything, but we are capitalizing that he is playing better golf. And for us to have Tiger playing better golf helps us with ticket count, helps us with liability to, to to help us cover if someone a big underdog wins that we might have a couple big tickets on this. So for us, the Masters tickets written is probably going to be huge this year just because of the success that Tiger Woods has played. And, and hats off to that. And but at the same time, what's going to happen when Tiger Woods is not around anymore? We still need to, I think we still need to capitalize on some of these younger golfers and put up more prop bets on that. Just like I told people when, when the boxing, when, when Mayweather fought McGregor, we had like over 500 betting props. What about the other good fights? Well, when we had Triple G and Canelo, yeah. we only had six betting props. I mean, you have to think about when these guys uh, – don't play anymore. Yes, Tiger Woods playing this weekend is going to be great for TV viewership. Going to be great for us at my bookie. I mean, betting over seventy and a half strokes at minus one forty. I think that's a very good value uh, and stuff. Or I'm sorry, sixty seven and a half strokes uh, minus one seventy. I think that's very good value. I say I say take that minus one seventy before it moves to two dollars. All right, and uh, anyone sort of in the longer shot area 
garnering some some support or not really? Uh, I'm, I like Tommy Fleetwood. I think uh, at forty five to one, and Patrick Reed at fifty to one. I think those two. That I was a little bit shocked that uh, that the numbers were that high. I mean, the, both of them have short games. They, they can well. And Patrick Reed can putt well and start off hot usually he starts off hot and fades i think if he can start off hot and cont- if he can get past saturday i think that's what patrick Reed usually i, I think his uh, biological clock thursday friday instead of kick in and instead and i think he he checks out but if he can get through a saturday play well and maybe being a hunt getting 50 to one on patrick Reed, i think is, is very a very nice ticket to have if he can start off hot and of course uh, Tony Fanu, ninety to one. I mean, he's—I thought he was going to be able to play a lot better uh, this year. He started—he started off hot and kind of faded a little, but then again, ninety to one. Take a shot. Uh, you never know what happens on the Masters and who gets hot and stays hot. So I, I would think if you're looking for two two long shots, I think Patrick Reed is probably the one I'm going to say go out there and grab. If you can grab a fifty to one ticket, I think that's a nice ticket to have. Yeah, and Finau, big driver of the golf ball that obviously plays well at Augusta National. So, um, yeah, I mean that's his big stick can uh, can uh, make his short game a lot easier than normal people. Absolutely. All right, Raphael, thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, enjoy the Masters. We'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. Easy parking with Easy Trip now available at Dundrum Town Centre. So you can now use your toll tags to park in our car parks. Simply register at easytrip.ie forward slash parking. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Dundrum, where more happens. All right, we're back after another great interview with Matt and Rafael Esparza. Some good Masters talk. Good to see that you guys are both uh, excited for this time of year. So uh, a lot of really good stuff in that interview. Uh, before we move on, I just want to talk a little bit about my bookie. March Madness is over, but there's still plenty of opportunities to cash on my bookie. Obviously, we're talking Masters today. Baseball is in full swing. If you're sick and tired of getting a runaround when you ask for a payout, make sure you come and join my bookie today. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. That's why I'm telling you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay, and they pay fast without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting. Anywhere else, they even have in-game live betting, so you can place a bet after the start of your contest. Join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code LANGTHEPOINTS to activate this special offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. And before we move on, uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to the Prop Builder because we've mentioned it a couple times on this show. But with baseball, I'm starting to really get into it because, you know, I do obviously uh, a bunch of research also to play uh, MLB DFS, Matt. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, really easy with the prop builder to, you know, construct props and, uh, you know, just have them really easily correlate with what you want in DFS. Like I bet, uh, you know, Matt Olson last night, I bet him to get two hits. He got it. You get pretty good odds, plus 350. Um, I've made a couple other uh, similar prop bets. It's a lot of fun, and it's really easy to do. I feel like any time that I'm doing research for a slate and then I, I can't really get a lineup I like, I just head over to the prop builder and throw something together. Yep, and something that I've been playing around with is, you know, if you like a team to go over to hit home runs, you can just take a couple of the different, you know, guys uh, on the home run prop, and if one of them hits, you know, that's enough typically to cover the bets that you've made. So yeah, I think we're both 
really enjoying playing around with it, and I think that there's a lot of uh, potential ex- exploitation to come. I've got Stephen Piscotti uh, plus 500 to Homer tonight, so let's uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's pray for that one. Um, <laughs> so let's get into the next tier of players here. Uh, these are just under the favorites. We have Justin Rose 14 to one, Bubba Watson 16 to one, Phil Mickelson and Jason Day are both 18 to one. Ricky Fowler, 20 to 1, King of Swag. Uh, John Rahm, Paul Casey, both 22 to 1, and Sergio the Goat uh, down at 28 to 1. Uh, Matt, who do you like here? Yeah, this to me is the most interesting tier of golfers. I think that this to me is like the avoid sort of area if I were to look at it. And I think we might disagree on that. But I think that guys like Rose, um, Paul Casey in particular, those two guys are going to be super highly owned from a DFS perspective. And in my eyes, that makes them tough to roster. Um, you know, even though they are, you know, great prices, great golfers, and, and they're guys that pop in, in my models, I think if you're just routinely avoiding guys that you think are going to be over 25% owned, that's a positive. Um, the one guy that I think is really intriguing to me here is Sergio Garcia, because I think that a lot of people are going to avoid him now that he's won it last year. You know, it's it's going to be very tough for him to win back-to-back years, but that doesn't mean that he can't put together another really strong performance. And uh, he has historically done really well at Augusta. So uh, I like him. Uh, we might hear some more about him later. Uh, and then I also have my eyes on John Rahm and Jason Day and even Bubba Watson. So uh, I like some of this group, but I, I think that I'm going to be out on the guys that I think are going to be the most popular and uh, trying to put my exposure elsewhere. Yeah, I'm, I think Bubba Watson's going to be the guy that cost me a lot of money this weekend because I'm just going to full fade. I, I think he's going to be really popular in terms of the DraftKings. Ooh, I don't know just about because that. He's been, because he's been good, like he's won a couple. He's won a couple recently. I feel like I feel like the people love Bubba, um, but I'm just gonna keep track of the ownership, like the projections. And if he's projected low, I'll, I'll get in. And if he's projected high, I'll probably be out. Fantasy Labs uh, has him right now at 13 to 16 percent. Um, that's not too bad. No, it's it's the same as sort of you know some of these other guys, um, and considerably less than Paul Casey, who's 26 to 30 percent, and Rose is. Uh, 21 to 25. So, but just one, one real quick thing on Bubba is he changed balls this season. Oh yeah. And I feel like that has had a pretty dramatic effect on his game. So I do like Bubba quite a bit. Um, and obviously, you know, as, as far as course fit goes, just an ideal course fit. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, long guys who can spray it a little bit. I mean, that's, that's Bubba Watson. And just his, his shot shaping, like everything sets up well for him here. Yeah. Now I like John Rahm here as a bet. He's top 10 in each of the key stats over the past 75 rounds. Uh, the short form isn't nearly as good, but still an elite player to me. Finished 27th last year as a first timer, which I thought was really impressive. Uh, so I think that Rahm is probably the best bet. Obviously the odds are a little longer than a couple of these other guys. And, uh, I'm with you on on him and Day as DraftKings plays. Like you said, like I think it's you really want to focus on the ownership here if you can get guys. You know, if you're winning on the margins and ownership, five percent here, ten percent there, uh, that definitely adds up in golf. Uh, both of those guys, I think, are probably. I would say maybe Fowl, Ricky Fowler is probably the only guy in this group that I think is going to be lower than both. 
Yeah. Um, agreed. And I'm with you on Rose and Casey in the sense that like they're going to be super chalk, but they're obviously still pretty good plays that they've combined for six top tens here in the last three years. <laughs> that's uh, quite good. Yes. So that's pretty good, but they're super chalk. So, I mean, I, I think uh, the play with them in terms of DraftKings is probably to be under, but they are not plays that I would uh, fully fade. Well, you know that we are, I'm a little more aggressive in that kind of stuff than you are, but um, yeah, there's a reason that they're the chalk, right? Like the right. chalk only becomes the chalk because they're outstanding plays. So yep. that's, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the next tier has uh, some longer odds. Hideki Matsuyama, 35 to one. Henrik Stenson, 40 to one. Alex Noren and Tommy Fleetwood are 45 to one. Matt Kuchar and Patrick Reed are 50 to one. Louis Oosthuizen is 55 to one. Mark Leishman and Adam Scott are 60 to one. And uh, Tyrell Hatton and Thomas Peters are 66 to one. Who do you like? Oh, these are my guys here. I mean, between this tier and the next tier, I have a lot of guys that I like. But um, yeah, there are a few guys in this in this group of players that really stick out to me. For one, I love Adam Scott at 60 to one. I think that in terms of just like the odds, he might be my favorite odds on the whole board. Um, he is tied for 11th in terms of adjusted average round at Augusta, which makes sense. You know, he's a long hitter, um, and he has historically done really well on par fives. So the only thing that keeps me from, from going, you know, super all in is that his par four scoring has not been great recently, but uh, I think that this guy is a much better golfer than 60 to 1. And he's somebody who I'm going to have a ton of exposure to in DFS and will probably have some, uh, you know, exposure to on the betting side as well. Also, a big fan of Mark Leishman. He is the best recent scorer in the field for par fours. So, uh, you know, we identified that as one of the key uh, attributes. And I think that he is going to be overlooked by a lot of people. Tommy Fleetwood is another guy who's popping in my model because of his uh, long-term par-5 scoring and driving ability. So uh, I think that those three guys are going to be staples of my DFS teams. And ultimately, like I said, Scott is one of my favorite plays on the whole board. All right, so you got a little bit of differentiation here. um, Because I like Henrik Stenson a little bit. I know that he hasn't done great at Augusta, but world-class golfer... Um, the odds aren't quite as good as Scott's obviously 40 to one, but I think, uh, I think for, you know, what he can do, like he's still an elite birdie maker, top 10 and birdie or better over his last 75 rounds. We know you need to score here. So I kind of think that 40 to one, maybe not a great value, but uh, definitely bettable value. Uh, and on DraftKings, I like Kuchar. Uh, The long form is great. He has uh, four top fives in his last six masters appearances. Uh, and I'm also somewhat intrigued by Norin, who's kind of like the recent form guy. You know, he missed the cut here last year, but in 2018, he has three top fives and he's fi- finished uh, T21 or better in six of his seven events. Over his last 24 rounds, Norin is top 20 in every key stat except the uh, the par four. So um, he's really hitting the ball well. I think he's probably your your biggest test case for quality recent form heading into the Masters. Uh, so I'll probably have some of him in my uh, DraftKings lineups. Yeah, I, I am not on Norin, but uh, I totally see the logic behind it. He, like you said, is just popping across the board in terms of his recent stat, but he is getting held down by me 
for his play at Augusta last year. And maybe that's not fair because it was his first time there. But I think given, you know, his price point in comparison to some of these other guys, his projected ownership, uh, and just the fact that his greens and reg weren't great at Augusta last year, that's kind of why I'm steering away from him. But again, totally see the point. And Matt Kuchar last year came through with the ultimate donkey uh, DFS day that I've ever seen. Like, Oh, I know. With the hole-in-one and just going low on the last day when it didn't even matter. And like he was like easily one of the highest owned guys, so I'll never forgive him for that. I'm I'm not, <laughs> I'm just not a guy who plays Matt Kuchar. But again, like if you're playing a cash game team or you're looking to just take advantage of a top ten bet, I think Kuchar is you know about as safe as they get. Yeah, I like that. I, he cost me a ton of money last year because I I had I played a ton of action. I had so much Rose and Sergio, and not a. Uh, not a lot of Kuchar. So I, think that, uh, we, I think we played together. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> I think we both, I think we both, not, not like together together, but I think we both were heavily invested and we both decided to uh, avoid the Matt Kuchar. Ugh, whatever. You know what, Matt Kuchar? You, you enjoy golf, so I'll, uh, I'll root for you. Maybe I'll, if I play him this time and he does it, then I won't feel as bad. <laughs> uh, now, the next tier, we have some bigger long shots. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, 75 to 1. Bryson DeChambeau, 80 to 1. Uh, Xander, I don't even know how to say it. Shoffley. Shoffley, 80 to 1. Brian Harmon and Brandon Grace are also 80 to 1. Tony Finau and uh, Kiradech Afibarnrat, 90 to 1. Daniel Berger, 90 to 1. Charlie Hoffman, Ryan Moore, and uh, Charles Schwartzel, 100 to 1. I apologize to. Uh, any golfers listening to the show who whose names I've butchered? You know, uh, who, you do the best you can. <laughs> That's all that we ask for, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. We like Matt. Uh, Finau's the big X factor here, right? I mean, he oh, yeah. is a perfect course fit, but again, rookie at Augusta narrative, he's somebody that I'm going to avoid. Uh, I like Charlie Hoffman at a hundred to one. Uh, I might bet on him to be leading after Thursday, which you can do on my bookie, and you get 50 to 1 on that. But he is like a classic guy who starts the tournament in the front and then backs up over the weekend. You know, that's exactly what happened to him last year. So uh, I think that 100 to 1 is a little thin on him, and I like him, as I mentioned, to lead on Thursday and to top 10 potentially in the tournament. Um, his scoring average adjusted round of 60 at Augusta over three career uh, starts there is pretty tasty. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, another guy I really like, leads all golfers in terms of long-term pi- par-5 scoring. So better than Dustin Johnson, better than uh, Justin Thomas, better than Rory, this guy. And obviously that means he can bomb the ball. Uh, he's not really going to fly under the radar in DFS circles. I feel I feel like a lot of people are on top of Cantley right now, but he, I think, is is uh, one of my favorite plays on the weekend. And I also like Kiradek Apibonrat. Shout out to the Apibonrat clan. Uh, only one career start at Augusta, but an average adjusted round of 67.6. So he was the rare rookie who played really well there. To me, that says that this course sets up nice for his game. So uh, I like that. I like a lot of these guys, but those three are my favorite in this range. Nice. Yeah, and I, I definitely like some of those guys too. 
uh, Cantlay in particular. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe in like a Millie Maker tournament, Cantlay sees like some ownership boost. But I still think that like at the lower stakes, I could see him being uh, somewhat overlooked. But I'm with you. Like this this whole group is is really fun. I think that this is where a couple of my bets will come from. Uh, I really like Finau at 90 to 1. I know you mentioned that he's a first timer, but the court fit, the course fit is just so optimal. Uh, you know, awesome birdie maker. He's great in the par fives. He's really long off the tee. So uh, I think that him being a first timer is kind of overpriced into the odds. He's 90 to 1. Uh, if you look at the Fantasy National Simulator, which uh, runs a thousand simulations of the Masters, uh, they have him at uh, 38 and a half to 1 to win. So. If you go based on that, he's a great value. Um, you know, I think even if you account for the fact that he's new, he still has a better chance than that to to win or at least to, to place really high if you're looking to maybe make like a top 10 bet. Uh, my favorite DraftKings play is, is Bryson. Uh, top 10 in four of the five key stats over his past 75 rounds. Uh, top 30 in four of the five in his last 24 rounds. So he's pretty decent, both long and short form in terms of the course fit. And uh, his first time at the Masters, he finished 21st, sits at just 6,900. So I think that he's a pretty good value. But I, uh, similar to kind of what you were saying with Cantlay, and to a bigger extent, I think uh, I've heard a lot of people talking about Bryson. So he's probably not going to be terribly low owned. Yeah, he has played well recently, as as your statistics indicate. Um, and he was another guy who kind of faded last year at the Masters, but was in contention uh, the whole way. So. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a fan of him as well, and I feel like he should be your guy, Anthony. Like you should become a DeChambeau fan. Like he's very scientific and mathematical. Oh, yeah. You know, he's into like the physics of golf. Yeah, so, he's got the whole course planned out. Yep. I, I know it. Yeah, like uh, I, I think that you and him are like kindred spirits. That's fine. That's good with me. I'll put money down on that. That's you know, my uh, my spirit animal in golf. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> is there anyone uh, longer than 100 to 1 that you like as a bet or a DraftKings play? Uh, I think we have a few of the same guys here, but my favorite is Pat Perez. And I like Pat Perez actually quite a bit for DFS purposes, uh, especially given his projected ownership right now of 2 to 4%. He's somebody that I could see myself having closer to 40 or 50% ownership on. Um, he was awesome in his debut at Augusta last season, finished 17th, uh, adjusted scoring average 67.8. Um, you know, again, I don't want to read too far into that because it's just coming off of one round, but still very impressive for him. Uh, he hits it far and he has been over 70% greens and reg the last six weeks, which is one of the better marks of the field. So, uh, I think that he is a way better than 120 to one or, or whatever he's listed at right now. And uh, certainly should be more expensive on DraftKings. Yeah. Pat Perez is like PGA DFS kryptonite for me. Like I, I felt like last year I was really heavy into the PGA DFS and I felt like every week he was like popping in my model. Cause he just, the guy just scores, you know, and that's so big for DraftKings scoring. Um, I really like Kevin Chappell uh, feels like, Maybe more of a top 10 bet than a winner, but he's definitely going to be up high about him as both. He finished seventh here last year. I also like Webb Simpson at 150 to 1. I mean, Webb Simpson is like the ultimate if putting doesn't matter, maybe Webb Simpson can win <laughs> kind of guy. You know, like maybe he just figures it out for a weekend and, and this is the one. But I kind of feel like he's like the, the tools e golfer that just 
can't get it all together. So I like him at 150 to one. And uh, along with Perez on DraftKings, I like uh, my my countryman, Francesco Molinari, uh, 33rd here last year, a quality bird maker. And uh, inside top 10, inside the top 10 in strokes gained on par fives in his last 24 rounds. And uh, you mentioned the uh, the greens in regulation at Augusta. He is uh, 10th in greens in regulation at Augusta over the past few years. So All I, in, I, Pat Perez. Oh, shove. I'm in with that. Um, so, yeah, I you know, we're on a bunch of the same guys here. I guess it's not really a surprise, but. This is like the range that I think is, at least from a DFS perspective, like this is the range that wins you like a millie maker. For sure. And I've, get heard, the guys. I've heard some people saying that, you know, it might be wise to sort of fade that top tier of golfers and focus on getting, you know, a collection of guys that are in that next tier, that Rose, you know, Mickelson, uh, Bubba Watson tier. I completely disagree. You know, I want one of the top few guys paired with some of these lower guys because I feel like the upside is there on both ends to outkick their coverage. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, Gets back to my DJ call. Uh, So there's a bunch of props that are also available at the Masters. In particular, they have a few just based on Tiger. He has like his whole, his own section of props. Uh, Any interest in the Tiger props or any other prop? Yeah, so I feel like we have to talk about this. Um, it's been on my mind basically nonstop since I saw it. And I, I'm still trying to make ends of it. But my bookie right now has a prop up for Tiger uh, to wear red on Sunday is plus 1,200. Now, if you're not familiar, Tiger wears red on every Sunday. So I don't understand why you're getting 12 to 1 odds on this bet. I've seen some stuff that um, the Nike guys will possibly wear pink on Sunday to, uh, you know, because of the Augusta National Flowers or pink or whatever. But, I mean, come on. This is Tiger Woods. He wears red on Sundays. I don't care if Nike tells him to put on a pink shirt. I think he's wearing red. Like, I just don't get <laughs> why this is plus 1,200. If it was minus 100, you know, or plus 100, I should say, like, I would be all over this bet. But the fact that I'm getting 12 to 1 on it just makes it feel so fishy. You understand? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that said, I can't resist. I'm firing at this prop. How do you not? Yeah, and uh, you already fired. And if if this hits, I mean, just cancel the, <laughs> just cancel the bankroll contest because... I mean, twelve to one is just really, really good. And actually, like I'm, I'm looking at the board right now on my bookie, and it's not even up. Oh, so you it's got gone. it in. You got it in just before they, they found it. I mean, maybe it'll come back, but I feel like if it does, it, it'll probably be at lower odds. Like they must have been taking a bunch of action on it and uh, decided to get it off the board. Like I, I just checked. So pretty crazy. I mean, I, I agree with you. All the reasons make sense, and uh, it caught my eye for sure. Uh, the other one that kind of caught my eye was that Tiger misses the first fairway is plus 120. Not nearly as sexy, obviously, as the uh, the red shirt on Sunday bet. But, I mean, Tiger has been all over the place with the driver. Like, uh, probably the biggest part of his game that still hasn't made a comeback. Uh, I know that, like, the fairways at Augusta are big and there's not, like, a ton of, of rough. But I, I still feel like it's probably closer to a, a true coin flip that he misses the fairway. Like, he just... He's he's towards the bottom of the board in like fairways hit 
you know, over like really any round uh, arrangement that you come up with. Like he just hasn't hit fairways. So I feel like uh, for the first hole, I'll uh, I'll take those odds. Here's my counter to that. Uh, Tiger with the driver in his hands has been absolutely horrendous. I'm not going to fight you there. Uh, hole one at Augusta is 440 yards. Tiger on a lot of these shorter holes has been hitting a driving iron off the tee. And he has been tremendously more accurate with that. So I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility that he just takes like a two iron and just tries to blast one up the middle, you know, hit it like 280 and leave himself, you know, 160 yards in. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, I didn't really think of that. I mean, I, I if, he, if he starts on the back nine, it's like a 495-yard par four. So I think... Then he'll then he'll take the big fella out. Fair but, point. Yes. Yeah, that uh, I hadn't really considered that he'd he'd play it short. That's I why still, I'm not. That's why I'm not the golf guy. I still think that the plus one twenty odds though is fair. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. you said, his driving numbers have been horrendous. Um, recent driving accuracy is fifty nine point seven percent, which is actually better than some of the other guys. Like Dustin Johnson's down at fifty percent, but uh, again, like that's inflated by the fact that he's hitting less than driver off so many tees. So, yeah, I think that with the long club in his hand, if there's a course where you can miss fairways, it's Augusta, but it's still going to be, you know, a huge club to decide what kind of weekend Tiger ultimately has. Totally with you. Let's get into the book it, my bookie picks of the week. I'm sorry, before before the my book it picks, I have one more prop that I've been looking at. Oh, nice. Yeah, go non, ahead. Non-Tiger prop, but you can get plus 125 that there will be a hole-in-one at the 16th hole. So there was uh, one last year, at least, that I can remember with Kucher, and three in 2016. They purposely set the whole location on this hole so that the ball sort of funneled to it on the last round. So I think that more years than not, there will be a hole-in-one at this hole. Like, these guys are just too good that if you're going to set up a hole where the ball literally will funnel towards it, these guys are going to put it in. So, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a mini golf strategy. Right. So I think getting plus 125 on that, uh, I think that it's probably closer to, like, an even money proposition, similar to what you were saying uh, with the Tiger driving prop. So I kind of like that one at plus 125 as well. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think that uh, I'm just really thankful that they changed the golf scoring on DraftKings. So like a hole-in-one, I don't think, completely murders you. Yes. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, so yeah, the book it, my bookie picks of the week, Matt. What are, what are we laying our money on this week? So outside of Tiger uh, wearing red on Sunday, which again, I can't believe that was up for even as long as it was, which was basically the whole day. Uh, I've got two that I really like. I, I like Sergio to top 10 here at plus 240. He's gone top 10 in two of the past six years, and two other years he finished between 12th and 17th. So uh, just a really good course fit. Uh, now the pressure is sort of off of him. I think that that'll make a difference as well. Adjusted scoring average of 68.1 at Augusta is tied for 8th among players who have appeared at multiple Masters. So uh, I like him there. And then I'm going with Patrick Cantley to top 10 at plus 600. I think that one's a little bit more of a long shot. But again, this sets up as a perfect course for him. 
Uh, maybe asking a little too much of him in his second Masters, but uh, yeah, big fan of his game. think eventually this guy will make a top 10, so I'm going to uh, bet on it being this year. I like it, Matt, and I'm going with the top 10 bet as well. Kevin Chappell, 10 to 1. I mean, I, the odds just seem way too long considering that he literally did it last year. Uh, top 25 in all the key stats over his last 75 rounds. He already has three top 10s this season and uh, was sixth last year in, in greens and regulation. So I, I think that he, uh, or greens and regulation gain, sorry. So he's, I feel like just a, a good fit for the course. And I'm, I'm just really surprised that the odds are so long for him to finish, you know, into the top 10. So I, I already bet that one. Yeah. And I, I noticed your betting strategy of, you know, taking what would typically be like one unit for you and just sort of cracking it up spacing it all over the place. Uh, I think that's really sharp, and I think that's a good way to bet golf, you know, to not, you don't want to cripple yourself by making, you know, huge bets on these guys who are, you know, long shots. Like, as much as we might like some of these bets, you know, 60 to 1 on Adam Scott is still 60 to 1. Even 6 to 1 on, you know, Cantlay to finish in the top 10, that's still 6 to 1. It still means you're going to lose these bets a long, uh, you know, a lot of the time. So you want to be smart. You don't want to overexpose yourself. And uh, you want to, you know, be selective with where you're putting your money in and how much you're putting in. Yeah, I, I basically put, you know, two units down total on, uh, you know, four of the longer odds. And then like my three favorite favorites. So DJ, uh, Day and Rom. So uh, I feel pretty good about about that in terms of the distribution. I put a half unit on Chapel to finish in the top ten. So, like you said, like golf is like such an odd sport, uh, an odds sport, not like a weird sport. Uh, it's a little <laughs> bit of a weird sport too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know everything that I that I know about betting golf. I pretty much learned from Pat Mayo, and I feel like he's pretty good at it. So <laughs> that's uh, that's where I'm at. So that's gonna do it for this edition of Laying the Points. Brought to you by MyBookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Get that deposit bonus on MyBookie for using the promo code LAYINGTHEPOINTS. Check out the Props Builder. For Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing.